0: sounds like watching podcast yeah 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 you all say you had one of these recently well i did yeah and uh i'm not going to apologize for that but i'm going to tell you a little story not that you should be that bothered i'm not that bothered but i've got two coffees this morning uh and i'm full of uh full of a sinus thing going on but anyway we're going to rattle off some stuff and uh I make no apologies if it upsets people. But you shouldn't upset people because it's just mind vomit. But people do get sensitive about stuff. I went paddling on the over the weekend and I went to an artificial course. Now, I have a dislike for artificial courses. I have worked on them. I've helped design them. And, and I don't like them. For me, it takes away certain magic and mystery and exploration because you're paddling in a concrete ditch with a coffee shop and a car park and a pub. But I can see they fulfil a purpose, and they're a little bit like a wet gym. You know, you can go on a, a bike and a gym, and you can go in a treadmill on a gym, and it allows you to work on the techniques that you would use on the, on the bike, on the road, or on the trail when you run, or whatever that may be. So they do fulfil a purpose. So I went to this venue, and I wasn't expecting myself to have a good day. I mean, I'll be quite honest, I was expecting myself to have a really rubbish day. Now, the first time I paddled this facility was back in '93 when it had just opened. And I remember sleeping in the car park next to my car. And uh, there's a posh hotel there now. But I I, I sort of went to sort of try and feel nostalgic about, about the place. And like I said, I didn't expect to enjoy it. But I came away from it, having really enjoyed it. But it did raise some questions for me. And I put these questions up on Facebook last night. And that upset some people. Or seemed to have upset some people. And uh, I'm going to... If you don't follow me on Facebook, which I don't expect you to, because the metaverse is probably, you know, a load of sociopath narcissists. And I'm probably one of them. So I'm just going to rattle the status off. I wrote the following... After a lovely paddle yesterday, because I wrote it the day after, I've been left wondering. It's a lazy Sunday thought that it's gone awry. In one eddy, I noticed a number of boats, not so many that I could I had to use two hands, with a total cost of over 14 grand. Obviously, that's used for exaggeration effect. Then let's add in some paddles and dry suits, etc. and the eddy gets a bit pricey. Were people in the expensive kit paddling better than people in older or cheaper gear? Would a used boat or money spent on coaching have mattered? I noticed all but one boat was by the same brand. How do we see brand loyalty and what is on point against what is no longer cool? How does our belief in personal abilities echo with feeling part of a brand ideology? Interesting thoughts, a bit like a train wreck. And then I had over 70 comments of people justifying to me uh, why they'd spunked over a month's salary on gear. Now, I don't give a monkey's, really. Uh, That wasn't the part of the post. I never never once questioned it on that post. What I did question was, uh, in a vague kind of way, is ideology of product placement uh, when we paddle. And it wasn't very well put, but I'm going to talk about it in the podcast because I've been thinking about it ever since people started commenting Uh, and continue to comment, which is really interesting. A dancer was the first boat to run the Stikine. The Stikine, notably one of the hardest white water rivers on the planet. That means the dancer can still run the Stikine, arguably one of the hardest whitewater rivers on the planet. A dancer can be purchased, if not found, in a local scout hut for about 50 bucks, or in real money, with COVID, about 100. Yet, we can spend well over a grand, almost two grand, on a more modern boat. And it still does the same job. Yes, it does it more comfortably and nicer. And I'm not disputing that. You know, it's just a a much nicer understanding uh, with nicer outfitting and rocker profiles and all that malarkey. And I get that. Now, as kayakers, we believe we are eco-conscious and we sort of kid ourselves on that because we drive to Putins and we drive big old trucks or big old vans with very few of us have hybrid cars because the systems aren't in place for uh, electric cars with roof racks and all that stuff. And we preach that we should be buying, you know, eco products and this, that and the other. Refuse, reuse, recycle. But then we buy a new boat every year, top end boat, made of plastic, made out of dead dinosaurs. A boat that's got an infinite shelf life, not just when marketing tells us that it's not cool anymore, but when the plastic degrades to a point that we can't use it, because we own the plastic degrades. But I'm I'm wondering, and I don't know the answer to this, and please tell me that there's an answer to this, Uh, at what point does plastic become unusable? Does that dancer from the mid-80s or early 90s degrade so much that we can't use it now? Does our boat that we bought six months ago but split on a rock and can no longer weld because it's under the seat and it's going to fail on us? Does that plastic still have a life in it? Interesting. Really interesting. Now, I'm not saying people shouldn't spunk a load of money on on product it upsets me in a way that people uh, have to justify spending what you know i feel like they have to justify on that podcast spending a lot of money on gear and i don't know the monkeys i'm sure the world doesn't get monkeys except uh is a middle class sport and we can kid ourselves that it's not we can kid ourselves that it's open access for everyone but we're talking rubbish i work in deprived areas and uh when we're struggling to put food on the table and uh, even struggling to buy clothes for your kids, you're not going to be joining the canoe club. Even if your canoe club is offering you free boat hire, free courses, you're still not going to do it. You know, uh, and let's not even discuss the fact that kayaking is very, very uh, poor on disability access. You know, we have... Uh, quite a few facilities, uh, waterways, managed parking points, and they all, has, they all have steps, and no ramps, and you was just been put in on the D, uh, and you take out steps, not a ramp, it really makes people with mobility issues uh, a bit difficult to access, you know, and I think that's really important. So while we're spending money, I try to advance the white water market. We're not merely advancing it for people of low socio-economic means, and we can you can tell me that it happens, but I won't prove that it happens because I don't see it happens. You know, and the, the simple fact that there's like an us and them, and I'm I'm alluding to that means that it's not inclusive. But that's my rant, you know, as a short arm, deep pocket Yorkshireman that works in deprived areas, and, uh, I see it, you know, I do see it, it takes a special kind of person as well to go travel the world like I did, without care in the world, with money to jet set around, again, my carbon footprint huge, I did have a woodland that offset a lot of my carbon footprint, I bought a woodland, but uh, that doesn't make me any more virtuous than anybody else, When we buy these boats, when we buy these boats, we're buying into a brand, and there's only a very small number of brands, perhaps two, that don't have garish logos across the front deck in the eye line of the GoPro user. I don't have a GoPro, uh, but it, my eye line, you know, you paddle a boat and in your eye line you've got the brand of the boat you're paddling. Which reinforces that you're part of a tribe, reinforces that you're part of a family. When you put that GoPro footage on social media, it reinforces that, yo, I paddle this brand, and you're like your heroes, or you're like the good paddlers, or you're like the coaches that get their boats at discount or free from brands. Which is just PPA, I have no issue with people getting free gear. Because uh, it is PPE for your job. You know, if you went to a building site and your boss gave you a set of top of the steely boots and some Kevlar pants, you'd wear them, wouldn't you? Save you buying them yourself. Because you'd probably buy an inferior product. But you don't, it, because it's PPE, you want the best. Anyhow, when you have a boat that doesn't have a brand on it, or the garish, obvious brand on it, people go, what brand's that? Who makes that? They don't say, whoa, check out the rocker on that. Whoa, look at the rails on that. Oh, look at the outfitting on that. Isn't that amazing? They go, what brand's that? Because the brand identifies how they're going to feel about that boat. And you see it a lot. People judge. I judge. I'm not saying I don't. People judge. People with boats as much as a month's salary. Yeah, I judge because I can't afford one at the moment, and I'd quite like one. But I'm not jealous of the fact that I, people paddle boats that are as much as their salary. while well, it might sound that way, but actually, I don't really need one. I'd like one, but I don't need one because I can paddle my ten-year-old creeker, and it still does exactly the same job that I want it to do. You yeah. know, I am lucky enough that I I have a choice of boats. I counted my boats uh, Sunday afternoon. I counted them, and there's a lot of them. But I uh, I paddled four regularly. Uh, I paddle uh, an old school long boat, a paddle a creeker, and then a river boat and a play boat. Oh, that's not a that sort of play but... So I counted them and put them up together in storage and worked out how much I paid for them all. And the cost was less than a grand for four boats. Four boats that I use regularly, on a weekly basis. Don't all weekly, but you know, I panel them all when I'm out. And I have turned a, few, a number of boats down, newer boats down, uh, because I just don't need, see the need, refuse, reuse, recycle, and all that. As I've said, you know. Paddlers, like I say, I have said this and I'm going to say it again. We do think we're eco-friendly, but we're not because we buy dead dinosaurs. Anyhow, I'm rattling. We need to make conscious decisions, especially for the environment and our wallets. Do we need that more modern boat? Do we need the boat that's got the huge rocker and the snazzy outfit in and all that? Are we ethical enough to make the right choices? Do we buy boats and gear because of how it makes us feel? Because we do, we buy stuff because clothes, don't we? Because of how it makes us feel, you know. We buy that little black dress, or we have that Gucci handbag. I you mean, know, not me personally, but we do. You know, we buy stuff that makes us feel better. We know how that. Wearing that sharp suit makes you feel more confident Uh, in a business world. Makes you smarter, makes you more approachable in a business world. You don't want to turn up in ripped jeans and a dirty old running T-shirt to a board meeting. But in that sort of suit, it gives you the confidence and the sort of je ne sais quoi. Boats are the same, they're no different. Certain brands offer us a certain... Familiar sort of family feel. Certain boats are a bit niche, and we sort of thrive on being niche. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We just need to be aware of it. We need to be aware of. I mean, you know, of branding. I'd love a boat with no branding. I've got, got into, you know, nobody pixelates uh logos out of boats. Nobody, and yet that's free advertising, isn't it, for every single brand. We don't do it in in daily life. We don't pixelate out our logos. You know, I drive a car with a great big badge on the front. It's obvious what car I drive. We don't don't pixelate that badge. Perhaps we should. And I've said this before. There was a time when uh, the canoeing press uh, used to put uh, insulation tape over the eyes of paddlers in photographs. remember seeing a picture of Richard Fox. And, uh, with the guys insulated and taped out, you know, like a uh, featuring readers' wives, which basically was saying that we're amateurs, we're not professionals, our faces are not our brands. I'm sure that's what it said, that's what it said to me anyway. But we've sort of gone past that now because our faces are brand because we talk on social media, we do podcasts. But I'm rattling. But why does all this rattling matter? I'm not sure it really does. I'm not sure kayaking really matters. Well, I'm not sure any adventure sport really matters. If it gives you confidence, it's probably a good thing. You know, buy a modern boat, get on the water, feel confident, bounce over that Class 2 stuff, get to the bottom and smile, and that's all right. But check yourself. Have you got the skills and ability, because your boat has, have you got the skills and ability to move forward in your progression? before your boat starts to trip you over, before you start, you know, not being able to bounce over that little feature, because you've you've got a boat with a huge rocker, it's going to bounce over everything. But check yourself, make sure that you're safe. You know? And I'm not saying you need to, you know, go around the second-hand market and buy up all the boats. Crikey, I'm not. But it's, you know, a purchase of gear, paddle gear, soft goods, Uh, How often do we replace it? I used to replace my boats every six months. Before they got too tired and so they could get life out of them. But I've not replaced a boat for a number of years now. And I probably won't replace my boats until I break them. And when I say break, I mean until a point where I can't weld them anymore. And I think that's quite important. But I've gone off a few tangents and I've probably upset loads of people here. And I, I really don't mean to. But if it wasn't for me trying to upset people, people probably wouldn't think as much I think about stuff that's really not that important. Because, you know, it's probably more important that we solve, solve world hunger or argue about politics over a campfire. And maybe that's what I'm missing. Maybe I'm missing that sort of camaraderie in car parks. Maybe I'm missing those paddling festivals where you turn up where they weren't endorsed by brands, where it was just some bloke organising a paddling festival and people slept in sleeping bags in a car park in the rain and everyone got on and paddled and no brands were there to flog stuff at you and then you all went home. I don't know if I've said this before in the podcast and if I have then I'm, I'm not really sorry about it but my brain doesn't work as well as it should. But I remember a couple of years ago, say a couple of years ago, it'd be about twenty years ago now, there was the Canoe Expo in Crystal Palace. It may well have been the Sheffield one, which a bit like Mesa, where all the brands got together to show off their wares. And the general public could go in and buy stuff. You could buy last season's boats and you could buy put a pre order in for this season's gear. And there was one company who just made this budget playbook. I think they'd made a couple for the show, but they weren't in the shops. But they wanted people to believe that it was a fast-selling boat, like the fastest-selling boat on the market, even though it had not been released until the show. So they employed people to walk around with the boat on their shoulder with sold stickers on. And they'd walk around the show, out of the fire doors, put it on people's cars, come back in, 20 minutes later, go out, take the for sale sign-off, bring the boat back in, put it on the stand it back out put it on somebody else's car with a soul sticker on it so the general public would see loads of different boats walking around with soul stickers on and they would buy into the ethos that that boat was really good and if if people are buying it like they seem to be maybe i should get one and that boat did sell really well as on the back of that marketing very naughty but works well anyhow check yourselves Don't wreck yourselves, as they say. Paddle well. Smile. Don't believe anything people tell you in podcasts and on Facebook. It's probably not always true. It's probably just uh, to be devil's advocate and actually wind people up a little bit. Because winding people up, if we use winding up, is not the right word. But it's probably there to uh, instill some sort of discussion point. Paddle well. Smile. If it's not fun, don't do it anymore. You know? And I'm okay with that. You know, I've stopped paddling for a little bit. Difficult uh, about enjoying it, but I am now, and I quite enjoy my sort of mind vomit. And if you enjoy listening, thanks a lot. I'm not saying you should enjoy listening, you know. I do, I'm a Yorkshireman, short arms, deep pockets, as I've said, and I, I'm quite opinionated and probably a sociopath and some kind of narcissist. Anyhow, thank you so much. I'll probably tell you some more stuff in another podcast, and uh, that's cool enough, isn't it? Have a great week, and uh, comment, you know the drill. And, uh, have a go at me, you know. Justify to me why you spent a month's salary on gear, because you know I'm sure it's amazing, and I'm sure we get you know our reward back on that uh, tenfold, and that's brilliant, isn't it? It's absolutely brilliant. One of the reasons I'm probably a bit upset about all this stuff is the fact that I've got to put a new gearbox in the car. Me, I bought a new car. I, I, I kill cars. I like I, I do, kill cars. I've had more cars than I've had at dinners and uh, I uh, bought a car in COVID, blew the turbo out of it. Bought another car, blew the engine management system. Bought another car, gearbox. So I'm just wrecking it. Maybe I should buy a new car. Maybe I spend loads of money on buying a new car. Uh, but I don't. I buy bangers and then they blow up on me and I get all upset. Anyway, be safe everyone. Don't be offended. I'm really sorry if you are, but not sorry enough to not talk about stuff. Anyhow, have a cracking day. では、